Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, we're one week away from oh, the start man. of the NFL season. It feels like Christmas, but we we're not allowed to open the presents until Christmas morning. But you get one the night before, and it's going to be Los Angeles and Buffalo. Uh, I'm really excited for the season to start, and this is a really great first game. Uh, two really really good teams, both uh, both shooting for the uh, you know Super Bowl this year. One would be a repeat, um, and yeah, I mean it's it's going to be uh, a pretty pretty intense matchup. I, I'm just hoping that it lives up to the expectations. Uh, you never really know what some of these teams are going to look like week one. Uh, but you got to imagine if this game was in November, it would be an absolute slugfest. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, see these two teams uh, get on the field. Arguably the two most diehard fan bases in the NFL, right? The LA Rams and the Buffalo Bills fans. The, bu- the, the, the Bills Mafia and the wealthy oligarch, <laughs> <laughs> uh, celebrity-ridden, Casual Los, Ange- Los Angeles Rams fans. Is that fair to say? I mean, I I, I I don't know if you're being serious. The the Rams fans, I'm not so sure of. Um, you know, even even you know NFL broadcasters who live in LA hesitate to uh, to to say that that that's LA's team. Um, you know, and and it's just kind of a weird situation there. Uh, with the Rams having come back to L.A. from from St. Louis, and now the Chargers are there too. Um, so, uh, uh, honestly, I think the Rams and the Chargers, they're both really good teams this year. But in terms of their fan base, they have almost a bit of an identity crisis. What do the Kardashians think, though? That's really what I want <laughs> <laughs> They live in L.A., right? Not, not I, I that you think would know. so. <laughs> not that you would know, right? You're a big fan of the show, so be, that's, it, that's it, the reason it, I asked. It'd be my first guess, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, they're more like you know, small town Minnesota people, actually. <laughs> so, right, they, they live in St. Cloud. So it's a misconception that they live in LA. They actually live in St. Cloud. <laughs> um, I'm excited, as you can tell. Um, sarcastic as always, but very excited. Uh, it's gonna be a great game, man. We're gonna go. We're gonna. We're going to broadcast this live next Thursday. This podcast, Thank uh, and probably for the foreseeable future, due to our schedule. Sorry for not being here over the last few weeks. Um, a lot of things get in the way. of Life. You, you ever heard of life? It's, <laughs> it's kind of kind of sucks sometimes, but here we are. So um, I want to I want to catch up on this news so we can stop playing grab ass for a second here. Um, Russell Wilson. $245 million, five years. Look, he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, um, or, or ever. But I guess everybody's got to get paid, right? What's the reaction in Denver to this right now? Because so, you're our, our, you know, our the, Rocky Mountain correspondent. The serious Broncos fans, I think, are mostly pretty relieved at this news. Because <clears throat> um, it was definitely uh, going to happen sooner or later. And... I think a lot of people think the sooner the better when it comes to extending these franchise quarterbacks. Um, you know, each each new you know big quarterback deal 
uh, is uh, usually unprecedented and raises the bar for whoever gets an extension next. Um, so to get this done before the Ravens work a deal out with Lamar, um, it's, uh, it's a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the Broncos fans, they've been so starved for quality quarterback play the last six seasons that, uh, that this, uh, this is something they really wanted. So I think they're, they're pretty happy. So you mentioned, excuse me, like there's in general, just like a Homer reaction in Denver. Like everybody's excited. There's no apprehension. (laughs) You know, to a guy signing like a fifty million dollar contract. Who's I mean, it's the, the, maybe on the other side of his career. Yeah, the the way these uh, the way the way people talk about the Broncos and Russell Wilson here in Denver, it's easy to forget <clears> that <throat> he hasn't played a single down for them yet, and that this is uh, you know he's not a rookie, but you know it, he's new to the to the team, and so is the head coach. Um, so, uh, so I, I mean, I, I want to be optimistic. I think, uh, I think they're probably the most improved team this year at just adding Russell Wilson alone. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm still waiting to see what this is going to look like. Um, and, and when we do see what the Russell Wilson-led Broncos look like, I'm going to try not to overreact too quickly. Um, because it is a new season, like I said, new head coach, new team. Uh, I would be pretty surprised if uh, if Russell Wilson didn't have some growing pains. I'd also be shocked if he wasn't good at what he does. So uh, I think yeah. it's very exciting uh, right now for the Broncos, um, but also they could be a really good team with a really good quarterback and they're still in the toughest division in the tougher conference of the league. Uh, so it's I'm more apprehensive than the average Bronco fan. You know, it's funny. When I saw the, the – it was signed this morning, right? Yeah. I think. Uh, I'm not sure when, exact, when exactly. But um, <clears throat> I just happened to see it at the gym. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I see five years, twenty-five million. So my my mind automatically goes to or two hundred fifty million. Excuse me. My my mind automatically goes to oh he's making twenty-five million dollars a year. I'm like wait a minute is that is that enough for him? And then I'm like no wait it's double that. It's fifty, fifty million, hundred and what sixty-two guaranteed. Something like that. That's about right. I think. <sighs> I, I look. I know the average shelf life of a quarterback's going more and more these days. And by the way, did you? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. I, I don't want to switch subjects immediately, but there's something I need to talk about in terms of quarterbacks, and it's, yeah, anyway. Um, so, like, he's 30, what, 1, 33, something like that? Yeah, I think he's in his early 30s. Um, I 5'11 want to, I want to say he's quarterback? Like 32, maybe. Oh, God, 5'11 quarterback. Denver doesn't have a great offensive line. Ay, ay, ay. You know, I, I don't doubt that he'll be good. I don't doubt he'll have a good season. I think Russell Wilson's probably one of the most consistent players in the NFL, as far as that's concerned in terms of quality and his stats. Right? Can he keep? He's just a scrambler, man. Is it possible for him to keep playing the way he's been playing for ten years, well, eleven years? So I, I would say that style of football. I, I would say it's not, but 
the this is where I do have some positivity um, to offer, and that's the new coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, he really kind of he got Aaron Rodgers to stop extending every single play. Um, if he can do that with Russell Wilson, it'll be to the benefit of Wilson and the Broncos, especially in terms of of having Russell Wilson under contract until he's 39 years old. Um, Because that's that's where we stand right now, is he's under contract until he's 39. Um, This was a five-year extension on two years left, so I believe he's 32 years old. Um, But, uh, you know, if if Nathaniel Hackett can get Russell Wilson to uh, sort of slow his game down a little bit and rely more on his team and, uh, you know, throw the ball away or dump it down instead of always trying to create the long ball downfield, um, it could do wonders for his longevity. I think that's fair. <clears throat> so you're saying this is the shift in offensive philosophy in his career and, like, being under, I don't know, I would say I would say better coaching, better offensive coaching, at least in Pete Carroll, or more zoned in on what, well, like long term, you know, it, um, in mind in terms of his career. This is kind of what makes it so fascinating. Is uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I've said what I've said about Nathaniel Hackett, but he's only one piece of the puzzle. Um, the other being Russell Wilson, and another being fate itself, uh, because you know he, he could thrive under uh, Hackett's mentorship and really adjust his game in the most positive ways and still have a career-ending injury. It's not impossible (laughs) for both to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. Or, you know, he might might really, uh, you know, struggle to gel with this new head coach the way he seems to struggle at the end of his time in, in, uh, in Seattle. So you really just, we we won't know until we know. but uh, it's an interesting situation, uh, and uh, you know, I think all these things considered, most Bronco fans would still say today was a huge win for the Broncos, um, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it kind of falls in line with uh, you know they, they really turned a corner I think when they got. Uh, uh, the, the new general manager, uh, Peyton, Patton, Peyton, George Peyton, George Peyton. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and I think that this is uh, is more of that. And I'm not saying that he's the only one involved in making this decision and making it happen. He, he certainly isn't. But uh, but the Broncos, they feel so different than they do a year ago, and way different than they do two years ago in terms of the decisions being made off the field. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I Mm -hmm. I think that this falls in line with a bunch of very reasonable, defendable, uh, you know, correct decisions. Only time will tell uh, if Mm -hmm. if these are the decisions that are going to get you to a championship. But, uh, but it looks like a front office that has, that has it together. So. Yeah. Hard not to be optimistic in Denver when, Basically, even if they had what an eight nine season last year, <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I think that's right. Eight and nine. 
So, okay. And then they return basically the same team, but with Russell Wilson. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they, they mm. massive upgrade at quarterback, and, uh, said goodbye yeah. to Noah fans. <clears throat> um, and, and, and people can, can argue back and forth on what, what Noah fans real potential was, but, but I don't see that as a huge loss. It might've been the little piece that made the deal palatable for, for Seattle. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is this is, in my opinion, easily. And there's a lot of teams that got a lot better, but but the Broncos are easily the most improved team in the league. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see what that translates to being in the AFC West, where you're going to be playing the Chiefs twice and the Chargers twice and the Raiders twice. So uh, I'm calling it ten and seven. <clears throat> ten and seven. Would be a big. Uh, I, I think in that division, ten and seven is pretty good. I, I don't think that the Bronco fans will be satisfied with ten and seven, um, so they may be in for some disappointment if it goes that way. Um, but uh, we'll we'll definitely. It'll be easier to see which way the wind's blowing in Denver, uh, come October. You know, so. No doubt. <clears throat> Just a situation we'll keep an eye on, per usual. <laughs> I feel like that's my buzzword for, like, time to move on. <laughs> it's your catchphrase. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, we'll keep an eye on it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it's just, it's amazing to think that he'll sign one. I, I, I mean, the, the stigma we all have in terms of, like, quarterbacks, any player. We hear 33, all this money. It's like, Jesus, that's, that's just too much. But it's like they all play to 40. I just... He's just a different breed. He's had a different career. He's taken a lot of hits, sacked a lot. His style is much different. Like you said, um, Nathaniel Hackett's going to make sure he stays in the pocket. He doesn't like, create as much. It sounds great. I, I just wonder like how much of that's embedded in his DNA as a football player and quarterback. I, I need to run this way. Like It's almost like... You know what I'm saying? Well, like and I, I mean, I think uh, early this season yeah. we're going to see the Russell Wilson we've always seen because I, I think it is going to take a while for, uh, you know, for someone like Russell Wilson to really embrace uh, the positive changes that, that, he's, that he's shooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, especially once, I mean, I, I can only imagine, never been there. But uh, once he gets out on that field and that fast-paced game starts, um, I, it, it's hard to imagine that he can make such a big change so quickly. I think we'll see the old Russ, uh, especially early on. Uh, we're going to see him extend the play, uh, sometimes ridiculously, and sometimes that's going to pay off with a 60-yard touchdown. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be <clears> interesting <throat> to see uh, how he develops as a Bronco. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh man, it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made another move at receiver at some point in the season. You know, I I, I think their receiving core is pretty good. Like Albert Alberto, I'm not gonna try it this week. <laughs> Alberto, Albert Jerry o. Judy, Cortland Sutton. That's 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 good, but they don't have like anybody in the slot. You know. Um, like I don't you know, see the, a slot receiver the on that injury, team. The injury to Tim Patrick <clears throat> really... Uh, w- when you've got Tim Patrick in the mix, it does look like a really complete uh, wide receiver group. 
Um, but without him, because he's kind of he was kind of their big body Swiss Army knife as a as a wide receiver. They line him up all over the place. Uh, he's very reliable uh, when it mm-hmm. comes to the playbook. Um, but uh, so without him, all of a sudden it, it doesn't look so complete. Um, so uh, depending on how these guys look, uh, what what uh, Tim Patrick's timeline to return is. Um, you start to look at uh, where they might look to uh, to add real talent right away, and that's kind of scary because um, they're names <clears throat> that you kind of don't want your team to touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they're available, they're available for a reason, right? Yeah. No. I just no, think like uh, when how many how many more teams are gonna give uh, Antonio Brown a chance? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there is fan-controlled football. They gave T.O. a chance, so I think there's an opportunity for Antonio Brown somewhere on that field, but just because the fans want him there. Anywho, um, I want to talk about the Patriots. No surprise that I want to talk about the Patriots. (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never talk about them, not at all. In fact, we've done a pretty good job of not really talking about them. I've been like maybe once or twice. For about 15 minutes. (laughs) Uh, come on. When's the last? You would have to go back in the archives, and if you do and you find the date and time um, that I, we, the last time we talked about the Patriots, and it was recent, um, I'll give away something. Teddy Bruschi's signature. Something like that. <laughs> so, but until then, so you can prove me wrong, we're talking about the Patriots today. They've been in the news a lot lately for no reason other than just Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, sorry, looks. Like a complete clown. Have you heard anything about him in terms of like his press conferences? Or obviously, you know the situation going on, but have you heard anything uh, no, outside I, of just that? I haven't heard much about his press conferences. I've heard uh, that uh, they look a little lackluster in, in some of the practices and preseason games. I haven't watched any of them myself, um, and I do hear a fair amount of criticism for making a defensive coordinator the play caller. Um, is it Matt Patricia? Matt Patricia, yeah. yeah. Joe Judge, he's the quarterback's coach. Joe Judge. Joe Judge. Joe Judge, yeah. Every um, man. But, uh, you know, I, it's, it's another one of those where I, I, I try not to listen too much to what's being said because uh, as, as short a memory as, as the NFL does have, uh, I do think there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of Patriots hate out there. And when I say hate, I mean the, the unreasonable criticism. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't think, uh, you know, that they'll just boom, be as good as they were with Brady, but I don't think you can really count out somebody like Bill Belichick. Um, so, uh, so we'll, we'll see what the Raiders or what the Patriots are going to be able to do this year. Uh, The only reason I bring it up is because, look, I'm a Patriots fan, listen to the Patriots you know, sports radio and whatnot. It's just interesting to me. And I said that he looks like a clown because the things he's saying in these press conferences are like un-Bill Belichick. Like, yes, he trolls the, 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 the press, right? He trolls all the reporters. That's what he does. <laughs> you know, he might even say that's the Patriot way. Weirdly enough, I've never really been comfortable with it, but that's what he does. He's, he's kind of a dick, you know? His, real <laughs> his, uh, his actual real name is... William Richard Belichick. There you go. So, <laughs> sometimes he's Richard. Sometimes he's William. 
Sometimes he's both, you know? <laughs> That's great. I just, right? So I, I couldn't help but read this and just wonder, like, this isn't really the Bill Belichick we've ever gotten, you know? So obviously, this is a quote from him. Obviously, I need, I need to clean up a lot of things here. We just didn't play well. This is in regards to the preseason game on uh, last Thursday or Friday night, whatever, Friday night, whatever it was against the Raiders. Um, we turned the ball over, didn't play good defense, didn't play well in the kicking game. I've obviously got to do a better job, so it starts with me. We'll get back to work this week and work on what kind of things we need to work on. Like I said, it's disappointing because we did a lot of things better in practice against the Raiders than we did tonight. Um, we didn't have a really good night tonight in any phase of the game. That's obvious. Maybe we left it on the field in practice. I don't know, man. <clears throat> Look, I've listened to a lot of Bill Belichick press conferences over the years. Um, he's always been like, I mean, abrasive, <laughs> it's putting it lightly, but, uh, abrasively honest, I guess is probably the way to put it. Um, not really like cop out, but he's been very cop outy this whole preseason. No, I think I see what you, you know? mean because I, I just listening to to you now, it, it's, I don't think I've ever heard, uh, I don't think I've ever heard him offer an excuse like that. Uh, yeah. He, 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 I, I don't think we're used to hearing him make excuses for for what's put out there. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a little yeah. strange, a little out of character. I, so what I'm trying to say is that like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm, I'm hoping for some of your analysis. I think New England's going to be bad this year. Gonna, like, going to be what? I bad. Bad. <laughs> B a d. <laughs> here's here's the reason why is because one, they are implementing this new zone running scheme that uh, that basically San Francisco runs and Mike Shanahan's run for years and whatnot. They started doing it in, like, June. And so this zone running scheme takes, like, a whole year, basically, to learn and implement. And they just started doing it in June. They were the, the, fifth, mo- the fifth most... They had the fifth most rushing attempts as a team last year, Right. So they're going to come into this year, second-year quarterback Mac Jones. Maybe he'll take over the offense. I, I don't know. But Mac Jones threw one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see in your life. Last, last week against a second-team defense against the Raiders. And, like, we've seen it before where, like, New England opens up. They're 2-2. Two and two, They're 1-3. and three, They're 1-2, and two, right, every year. And they say the season doesn't start till October or November. Okay, I, I guess I can get on that wagon. Uh, Tom Brady's not on this team. <laughs> Last time I checked, you know, and so that's my main concern is how the offense is going to look. Honestly, A and B, B number two, whatever. They don't have anybody that can cover anybody. Like their corners are Jalen Mills, who led up eight touchdowns last year, had 110 quarterback rating against him, and like Jonathan Jones, who didn't play last year. Those are their two top corners. And then, like, two rookies and an undrafted guy. Oh, man. It's gonna. It's not going to be good, man. The offensive line's been bad. Um, they may be bad. Like, pretty bad. And we haven't... We saw them go 7-9 and nine a couple years ago with Cam Newton, and that was pretty freaking bad. But they were in a lot of games. But Cam Newton, oh. <laughs> Just, yeah, I talk about how this podcast is therapy for me. Certainly, in this case... Even just mentioning Cam's Newton name is not therapeutic for me to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I just I feel bad for Mac in terms of his his development. 
Um, I think he's could be an excellent quarterback in this league. I'm not saying top ten, but maybe maybe like peripheral top ten. I don't. He's just not athletic enough to be that good, like Josh Allen or Mahomes or what have you. But he's just a very smart guy, you know. Well, and the, um, I mean, if he's going to be a top ten quarterback, that's how he'll have to do it. He'll have to really develop as a cerebral pocket passer. Pocket passer. He's not going to yeah. be the dual threat guy. He's never going to be that guy. Um, but but it can be done. Yeah. It can be done. He just needs to, uh, as long as he continues to to develop and improve, um, he could definitely become a uh, a long-standing starting quarterback in this league. Um, he, and he's he's got a great opportunity to do it. Um, but uh, but yeah, the the Patriots, you know, they're uh, they're starting to look like the team in their division that's not doing as much as the other teams. Uh, and I think it's a little early to say that the Jets are better, but I think that they improved more over the season in terms of what's on their roster. Um, and uh, and then, you, of course, you've got the Bills, and then, uh, you know, very, very interested to see what uh, the personnel changes in Miami are going to equate to uh, on the field. But, uh, but man, the, the, the Patriots, can you, can you tell me what the – what their biggest off-season acquisition was this year? I have no idea. <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep, right. we'll keep, we'll keep an, an eye, eye on, we'll an yeah, eye yeah, on yeah. Bill Dick Bilicic. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, move, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, I, no, I cannot. I cannot. It, it, it wasn't a team that was on the peripheral of being a Super Bowl contender last year. And then everybody got older, you know, this year. Right. And they lost Josh McDaniels and a whole bunch of other coaches. I think it could be kind of a bridge year, to be honest. I just don't see how it could be anything else other than that. Like, it's, I don't know. There's so much talent in the AFC in terms of, like, quarterbacks, competition, explosive offenses. I mean, you got Belichick. He's not a miracle worker. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Joe Judge, Matty P, whoop whoop. <laughs> just, I, I don't, I just, I don't see it, man. I, I don't see it this year. Um, you know, it's a shame what happened to Brady. Which, to to just to just bring it in, into the conversation, yeah, have you seen Tom Brady? Have you seen him? The wild like, hair. Like, the... No, like Google him in that press conference he had yesterday, and just look at the amount of. I assume work that has been done with Tom Brady. Not th- we're not making this like a <clears throat> a um, you know a fashion podcast or anything, but Jesus H, <laughs> it's uh, it's scary. He's he's scary, huh. kind of scary looking. <laughs> anyway, um, well that's good. He yeah. never was very scary. Like, he always needed to be a little more scary looking. I thought. I t- I don't know what he's preparing for. I don't know if he has a movie role or something. It's it's kind of terrifying. It's just it comes down to evaluate evaluating talent. And honestly, he hasn't been great at it. Bill, meaning meaning Bill. Now they're in a position where it's like, look, we don't have Brady to cover up or develop some of these offensive players anymore, or the team in general. Um, they're I just I don't see it ending well here this season i don't see it you know i could be an i could be a pessimist certainly am um but 
you know, you tell me. I don't, I don't know how this could no, go. Well it, I mean, them. there's, there's not a lot. Uh, there's not a lot of bright stuff on the horizon to, uh, to look at for the Patriots right now. So, um, I think if you're going to be an optimistic mm-hmm. Pats fan, you really have to uh, uh, hold on to the pieces that are still there. Um, Bill Belichick. Uh, I know the defense doesn't look like much right now, but we really don't know uh, until we get into the season if they're going to be a strong unit. Uh, and I don't think anyone will be surprised if they are um, because that's that's just kind of what Belichick does. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, I know you said he threw a terrible interception in the last preseason game, but it is a preseason game. Um, He's been doing that all summer, but you know, until until he gets out there on, on a real game, it doesn't really matter. So have have faith right. in Mac Jones. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 just happened all summer. I, I that's that's what he's been doing all summer. Is throwing picks like that, you know. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's just gonna be you know you're going against Miami week one with. Tari Kill and Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Mike Kosecki. That's a lot of speed to keep up with. I, I don't think New England has that kind of speed on the outside to match up against that team. We're, they well, can play there, zone. There might not. They'll have to play zone. There might not so, be anybody in the league <clears throat> with the speed you need to 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 cover uh, Tyree Kill. Um, right. So so you know that that's that's something that every team that plays do- the Dolphins has to worry about now. Um, whether or not uh, whether or not two is the guy to uh, to really cash in on that as a weapon, uh, I'm very excited to see because uh, I I hear conflicting things and I haven't been able to give it the eye test myself. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing the uh, the Dolphins Patriots Week One. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, next week we'll find out. <laughs> We'll know. We'll know by the end of September. I mean, if they're 0-4 or 1-3 by the end of September. I know they were. They started 1-3 last year, and they made the playoffs. So they went 9-7, and 9-4 and in the last 13 games. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know what else to say. I just, I think this is not, it's not really like what they planned would happen, but now they're like, should we just bridge this year, get to next year? Mac will be better, we'll have more money, have a couple more guys in the, in the, the pot to develop. I guess we'll just have to we'll just have to take a look. You know, it's just if you were to ask me today what the AFC, if you ranked me, ranked to one to four, there are probably three, maybe four. You know, I mean, you got to put Miami and Buffalo ahead of them by far, right? Especially Buffalo. Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah. Buffalo is. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be hard to catch Buffalo in the near future. Speaking of teams that made the Super Bowl and possibly ones we didn't see coming, unlike Buffalo, um, if I had to ask you today what your Cincinnati Bengals would be in the NFL, team that can make the Super Bowl come out of nowhere, basically, you know, get hot, have good run of offensive stats, scores, whatever, however Cincinnati did it last year, kind of do it like that. <laughs> good health, I assume. You know, I think a lot of those guys stayed healthy. What team would you put your finger on in the NFL? 
Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm tempted to just say the Vikings, but honestly, I don't think that they fit mm. because I don't think that would be quite the surprise that the Bengals were. Um, I mean, two years ago, the Bengals were almost where the Texans are now. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's it, it's it's a great example to talk about this time of year because you think about the Bengals last season and the last two seasons and the giant leaps forward in, in the amount of success they've had. And it, it makes any any team base, any fan base can get excited uh, and say, you know, well, maybe we'll do that. Um, uh, if, if I have to pick one that I think really fits, though, um, man, it, it, it's almost hard because some of these teams that I think could do it they're still coming from a better place than the. I mean, the Bengals were bad for a while, and then in two seasons they made it to a Super Bowl. Um, I'm tempted to say that the Saints could be that team, um, but I mean, it's it's so hard to tell. I mean, I guess, I guess the team that really would fit would be the Jets. Uh, I mean, and and just like two years ago with the Bengals, nobody thinks it's going to happen, but it happened. Uh, I don't think the Jets are two years away from being in a Super Bowl, but uh, but they're certainly starting right now where the Bengals were two years ago, and uh, and if the right pieces fall into place and things start clicking, uh, there's a lot of talent on that team, and, uh, and yeah, I, I mean. I, I don't think it'll happen, but but I that I I, I could see the Jets as uh, as the next Bengals. What about Chicago? You know, I feel like Chicago just missed their chance. I I, I was really high on. Uh, I mean, not just because I'm in Colorado, but I was I was really <laughs> high uh, expectation wise on what could be in store for the bears even last year um but man it kind of comes back to what i said earlier about about the way the front office feels for the broncos now uh the the bears decisions off the field they're just they're not aggressive they're not uh you know intuitive and and i just feel like they they kind of missed a window where they had a chance to rebuild fast and be good uh, in uh, in a you know a, a gettable division, and uh, I, I I I feel like the Bears are going the wrong direction right now. Hmm. The wrong direction. <clears throat> um, just on one side of the ball. Just in terms of you said they had a chance to get good fast like they were going to draft people sign some folks well i mean i i Um, i thought i thought there was a really high ceiling you know big upside on uh on justin fields um Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i I really liked some of the weapons they had on offense i thought had yet to reach their potential and maybe they could with justin fields Mm -hmm. um and and now it just it doesn't feel that way uh robinson has gone to the to the rams right um, mm-hmm. so it, it is just, mm. you know, the, the defense looks like it took a step back. Um, 
you know, I, I, and I, and not referring to the loss of Khalil Mack, even even after the Khalil Mack departure, I thought they were uh, a solid group on defense, and, and I don't feel that way as much going into this season. Um, you know, if they're not careful, they're gonna they're gonna finish behind the Lions. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to say it, but like they're going in the wrong direction. Wow, the uh, the Dan Campbell Lions. I think of them. I, I, I think of them as the Jared Goff Lions. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the Dan Campbell Lions? <laughs> there is Lions. I don't know. I don't know if Dan Campbell's the the magic sauce there. Although I I haven't been watching Hard Knocks, so. What do I know compared to the average HBO viewer? <laughs> I heard it's really funny. I've, I've heard actually, that it's a really good, good uh, season, it. so I'll have to get around and watching that one. Definitely, definitely. I, and the only reason I mentioned the Bears is because I, I don't know why, but there's some enigma to me when it comes to Justin Fields. And what what's that? What's the um, Eberflus, right? What's that? Eberflus, the new Eberflus. I don't know. It's not it's not a new flavor at um <laughs> at a uh, yeah Dairy Queen or anything. Ever, e, Matt Eberflus, I think I think that's his name. He's the new head coach of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, <clears throat> and he was defensive coordinator uh, in, in Indy for several years. Um, coming from what was the who was the coach there? Frank Reich, right? Yeah, Frank Reich, the head coach in Indy. Um, worked with Jim. Uh, what's what's his name? Um, Jeez, why can't I remember anyway? Chuck, Chuck Pagano, and the other guy that was in Indy before him. I kind of like Eberflus. Now you can go back, and I probably ripped him apart, which is clear of my hypocritical nature on this podcast. But um, I, I don't know something about him. I, I mean, their defense was wretched last year, especially, especially against the pass. The best thing you could do to to correct that, to turn that around, is get a defensive-minded coach in there. And, I, you know, Indy was really good on defense when he was there. And he developed Darius Leonard and Rockison and um, what's a hooker in the, the safety. What's the other guy? Kenny Moore, the, 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 slot, slot, uh, the slot corner. And a couple of defensive linemen that ended up being really good. And then some of them left and signed big contracts. DeForest Buckner, he developed him when he came from San Francisco. Uh, I don't, you know, I just... I'm thinking like he 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 can develop players. Now he's not I'm not saying he can develop he can definitely develop Justin Fields, but I I kind of like that combination. I'm not saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Maybe they won't even make the playoffs. I I think there's definitely an opportunity for them to cuz well, the bottom of the NFC is pretty bad. So, but you make a good point. Um I I wasn't thinking and and this is an interesting topic in general, I think. Um because I I was not considering that the Bears have a new head coach. Um, and I feel like it's something I've kind of lost track of. You know, uh, uh, six months ago we were talking about, uh, you know, what was it, like nine teams that needed head coaches? Yeah, um, it was quite a few. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and I remember having some discussions about not there not being a lot of exciting head coaching candidates out there. And I was so relieved that the Vikings got Kevin O'Connell and, and we'll see, you know, there's no guarantee with a first time new head coach. Um, but, but I am excited about, you know, Kevin O'Connell from the Rams. Um, but you know, there's, 
there's the new coach in Denver, the new coach in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, but, uh, but man, I, I don't even know if I can recall which nine team. There's got to be nine teams with new head coaches. Um, so, uh, you know, we could see a lot of divisions turn over uh, if only because we've got so many different, uh, you know, different schools of thought, different cultures uh, forming under these new head coaches. I, I, I think I think they'll be I think they'll be better. I, like I don't think I don't know if Chicago will make the playoffs this year. Like I said, I think defense will definitely be better. Like definitely, definitely will be better. Um, and that alone could make them a playoff team, but their offensive line is so bad. I'm not sure, <laughs> and they just don't have a lot of, you know, a lot of talent from receiver standpoint. But they got David Montgomery. Uh, there's another guy in the backfield they're really excited about. You know, they got Cole Komet. Uh, I mean, Darrell Mooney's pretty sick. You know, a whole season for Justin Fields. I'm just saying, man, it could happen in two years. It could happen. Oh yeah. They get a, they get a good draft, some good free agents next year. Uh, I think they do have a lot of money coming in. Yeah, because Khalil Max dead cap comes off, and then yeah, I I could see it in two years. I could see it for Chicago. I think there's a real chance, especially with like Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. I mean, who knows whatever is going to happen there? Maybe Minnesota has to fluctuate a little bit. Tampa Bay isn't as good. Tom Brady retired. I, you know, I was just saying there's an opening. <laughs> there could be an opening in two years. <laughs> Don't say I didn't tell you on this podcast firsthand. So. Okay, moving on from a defensive head coach and a possible Super Bowl contender in two years to possibly helping you win your fantasy football championship in two years. Hopefully this year at least, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we did Boomer Bus. We did all these different different things. If you want to listen to them, they're in the, they're in the archives, like three or four episodes in a row, I believe. Um, I just want to ask... There's an article that came out on NFL.com. I have no idea who this man is. Mark, Marcus Grant. You ever heard of Marcus Grant? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, love, yeah, love pretty, Marcus Grant. <laughs> yeah, love him. I'm gonna, <laughs> this is his do not draft list. So these are guys that we actually said to draft. He said not draft. Ooh, let's, let's hear it. Very interesting, right? A lot of these guys. Javante Williams. Uh, and his rationale is that Melvin Gordon is going to be underdrafted and underrated in terms of his touches and goal line touches. So he says, do not draft Javante Williams. That's number one. Number two, Cam Akers, running back from Los Angeles Rams. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure why other than it's Sean McVay's offense and they cycle in running backs and Daryl Henderson is healthy. Number three, Mike Evans. Um this one kind of confuses me, other than, you know, we talk about yak a lot on here. Yak, 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 right? Because mm-hmm. yak went from, uh, or actually this is yards per catch, right? So it'd be, I don't know, throw it in there. So, whatever it is. 14.5 to 11, 11.7 this, this past year. Um, offensive lines in shambles. Uh, Tom Brady may not have a lot of time to throw, and he has other guys to throw to. So, Mike Evans. Adam Thielen because of all the other sleepers on that team that could possibly combust um, in a good way with Kevin O'Connell's offense. Damien Harris, because of Ramon J. Stevenson. Amari Cooper, because Jacoby Brissett. Because <laughs> Browns. Just say it like that. 
James Cook, running back, uh, rookie running back for Buffalo. Once again, they rotate guys in and out. Hunter Renfro. This was a surprise to me because I think he's a great PPR option. Um, not sure why that's the case, but we'll get to that in a second. Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think he's think that's a guy we were just like, dude, stay far away from. Yeah, I, I agree with <laughs> so he the agrees Josh on there. one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Miles Sanders, which is interesting because he was definitely one of our sleepers. Um, and it just is saying some reasons not to draft him. ADP feels like a reflection of fantasy managers making a panic pick. So this is a panic pick, meaning I need another running back and picking him. Brees Hall, running, rookie running back from New York, I think we both said to draft him, you know Michael Carter's on the team. They're going to run the ball a lot, especially in the first four weeks season without having um, Zach Wilson on the team. DeAndre Swift, which is fair, but I drafted him last year. He was boomer bust for sure. So those are 12 guys. Let me repeat them. I can, just based on first impressions of that list, what is your gut feeling tell you? Well, I, I, I mean, if he's, if he's saying don't draft them, I have to disagree. Um, it's more about where to draft them. Um, okay, that's fair. You know, for instance, uh, Miles Sanders. Um, this, this guy needs to be, if you're in a 10-team league, he needs to be drafted. Um, he, he's, he shouldn't be anybody's RB1. Um, and if he is, hopefully the rest of your team is stacked. Um, but, but, you know, he, he's, he's going to be in a, in a 10 team league. Miles Sanders is absolutely going to be an asset. He's going to be relevant. Um, the volume is going to be there. We, we know that he can move the ball down the field. Um, I find it hard to believe that, that all the weapons they added in the passing game are going to, uh, so completely dominate the volume and the, and the scoring potential, so immediately on this team that that is trying to retake the division from the Cowboys, um, I think the run game is going to be a huge part of uh, of the Eagles' success this year. And uh, I'm actually a little more hesitant on some of their stud receivers because I don't think Jalen Hurts is the quarterback yet that can feed all those receivers. So, uh, so I mean, I, I mean, if you're if you're taking Miles Sanders as your first overall pick in your draft, then yeah, you're you're screwing up. Uh, but he needs to be drafted. I, I don't like hearing that he shouldn't be drafted. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know why you would skip him. I think his well, there's two rationales. He said he'd rather have Kenneth Gainwell because he gets more possible receptions or PPR points, um, and that he's a. Uh, well, no, he does say his 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 usage has declined consistently, meaning like he's not being he's not on the field as much as he was in his first season two three. So, I I agree with you. I, I mean, I don't think he's not certainly not the most durable, but I mean he's definitely worth having on a roster. I, I don't see why you wouldn't want to pick him up. <laughs> you know, if anything, to flex him. He's not an RB one, probably a two, but he's also a flex. Like he's a really good flex option. In my mind, and they run the ball a lot. That's what they do. Oh, they do. They, they run the yeah. ball a lot. Um, so the, the you know Jalen Hurts can beat you with his legs. Uh, really kind of opens up some of the other running lanes. Um, it's uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's going to be very fantasy relevant. Didn't score a touchdown last year. Didn't know that. 
Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. Um, Whoa. Okay. Well, <laughs> I changed some things here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I still think he's worth drafting. Uh, so do uh, I. And, I. And I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to be able to remember your entire list. Um, That's okay. But, yeah. uh, you know, the same goes for guys like Akers and uh, Devontae. Uh, sorry, Javante. Um, and and I, I, I like Melvin Gordon, and it is difficult for fantasy, you know, prospectors when when you've got a team that doesn't have a clear number one or, you know, maybe you're sure that Javante is going to get more yards than Gordon, but Gordon's going to get more touchdowns. Um, and so if you're choosing between those two, it could be tough. Uh, and chances are you're not going to have the opportunity to scoop up both. Um, and I do like Melvin Gordon as a fantasy option this year. I absolutely think he's going to be uh, in the uh, in the fantasy conversation. But, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro, he needs to be on somebody's roster. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, it's anybody's guess at this point what the new dynamic will be with Devontae Adams there and, uh, you know, catching – passes from his college quarterback but you can't deny that Derek Card has chemistry now with Hunter Renfro and I, I expect the the old college chemistry to still be there between him and Adams but that was not yesterday you know um, it was you know yesterday Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro are a proven product so I think you have to draft him. <laughs> yeah, I, he's a slot receiver who gets a lot of catches and targets. So I, what else do you want? If you're a PPR league, it's like a no-brainer. He's basically like a wide receiver one in a PPR league. You know, and that's what I mean. Like I, I, I would <laughs> so, guess, I would guess that his PPR value is going to remain, um, and maybe he's less likely to get touchdowns that are going to be going to Adams, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're talking about a reliable slot receiver on a team that got better. So to say don't draft him, maybe don't draft him as high as you would have, but he needs to be drafted. <laughs> yeah, no no question. No question. <laughs> I mean, what else? It's, it's, it's laughable that uh, we're even having a conversation about this. You know? I mean... But really, it is. I mean, <laughs> I've even, I think I've talked about uh, Darren Waller's value going down. Now, from a strictly PPR point of view, his value may actually go up because I do think mm-hmm. that he's going to get open a lot more on the underneath short short routes with somebody like Adams on the field. Um, I just don't think you're going to see Waller get the touchdowns that he got three or four years ago. Um, but... Uh, but in a PPR league, he could be a, a, a really good tight end. Um, so, you know, not drafting these guys on these offenses that are proven, you know, that they can move the ball down the field. That's really what we're talking about here is 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 building your stats each week. Because you don't, like I said, it's not about winning the game. Uh it's it's about what this player is going to do week in and week out, and Hunter Renfro is going to catch balls. That's what he's going to do. Definitely, he catches a lot of balls. That's what he, um, that's what he does. That's what he does. Hey, leave him alone. He's catching the balls. 
Um, one last thing before we jump off here. Um, I'm curious. I want to know what your take is. I've been I've been seeing a lot of really goofy trends about drafting this year. Um, I've heard people drafting just running backs, like three or four of them in the first four rounds, and then going to a wide receiver and then a quarterback, or vice versa. Uh, a lot of it makes me sick to my stomach. Um, you know, I'm a best guy available pick person, or like if you really need to, if you really have a need, pick that kind of running back first round kind of guy too, because it's hard to get high end running back talent. Um, they're, they're, yeah, people are, oh, get him a free agent. That's, yeah, seldom. It rarely happens. It does happen, rarely. Uh, receivers are more like somebody you can get late or you can find in, in free agency and they happen to just do really well, like Hunter Renfro, for example. Mm. What's your take on that goofy trend? So <laughs> I, what, what I would say is, you know, these are, these are interesting to, to evaluate. Um, but I really feel like each drafter needs to decide for themselves, hopefully in advance, not in the moment, uh, where the drop-off is for each of these positions. And what I'm talking about is, like, let's say you're not the first overall draft, you're, you know, fifth or sixth or seventh overall pick, um, and people are, it's already just a run on the best wide receiver talent out there or the best running backs out there. Um, you know, it, it, it can really create a feeling of like, oh, I need to do that too or I'll be left behind in that aspect of the game. And that's not unreasonable, but you got to decide where the drop-off is. So let's say, let's say in later rounds or middle rounds, uh, you notice that, that the run on tight ends has, has started, right? But what we know is there are not enough TE1s to go around, right? So where do you place that drop-off where you didn't get that top four, top maybe five tight ends, so you're better off going with the best available instead of the best available tight end, right? Because, like, like if if the run is already done and you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get Andrews, you're not going to get Kelsey, you're not going to get... Kittle, these guys, you know, then at what point are you better off getting, you know, the best available defense or the next best available running back instead of getting a tight end, the best one left, because everybody else is getting a tight end right now in this round. Um, and, and that's how I do it. It's like, listen, if there's a run on defenses and I think that, that I can get one of the best ones, then, then maybe I'll do that. Uh, but if there's a run on defenses and the next best defense when it's my turn is, I don't know, the, you know, I, I don't even know who the middle defenses are. But, you know, it could be more worth it to say, I'm not going to get one of the top defenses, so I might as well continue adding as much value as I can to my team by grabbing, you know, my wide receiver three. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, I think that's the way to do it. Like, <clears throat> just as you can find some receivers in free agency, your chances are you're going to be playing defense by matchup every week unless they're really hot. Um, is that? I mean, they're not going to give you that many points. They could be. They, take that back. There can be times where defenses can be make a break. They win that game. Same thing with kickers, right? But there's always a kicker 
or two or three every year that get hot. They're in free agency. You pick them up. <laughs> you know, it's it's really elementary. Just just don't panic. Pre-rank your people, or at least have an idea in place. If this happens, then I take this. If this happens, then I take this. There's always going to be somebody in your league, unless you're playing very competitive. You've been playing for years. Who's going to get? Maybe had too many drinks. <laughs> they jumped into their draft. <laughs> Maybe they're just being silly. Maybe they don't take it as seriously as you do because you're listening to a football podcast from two chubby bearded guys, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> a couple of jabronis. It, does, it doesn't mean you need to panic and just react because you're being reactive and you're worried you're not going to get the best at this position. Your chances are your whole team is not going to be the best. And all you really have to do is survive through the first two months of the season. And then you're basically in the playoffs. That's how it works. You know? So, like Trevor was saying, take a wide receiver three. Wait on the defense. Get him in, like, the 12th or 13th round. If, yeah, it's a, if there's a run. Especially if, you, if there's a run and, and you've already seen everybody you want go, then, yep. then don't grab a, a defense or a tight end or what have you just because everybody else that round is shoring up that spot. Um, you know, maybe there's only three tight ends that you really like. Uh, so you didn't get one of those three. That's a tragedy. It's not a reason to go ahead and draft Darren Waller because everybody else has a tight end. Uh, you might as well get the best player available to fill your, 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 your needy, uh, open spot on your roster. So without question, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. It's it, it's just it's good to have that flexibility there. Like, <clears throat> I mean, how many weeks do you, you can you play the matchup? You know, okay, I got Debo Samuel, and you'd be lucky, I guess, if you got like Stephon Diggs on the same team. But let's say that happens, and you got your wide receiver threes like Michael Pittman. Um, man, he's going against some uh, Houston this week, and uh, Debo's got L.A. and, he, he, and you know Jalen Jalen uh, not Jalen. Right? Who's the guy in LA? Oh my lord. Number five. Jalen Ramsey. There we go. Jalen Ramsey's going against him. It's like then play then that's why you kept your face and you got a wide receiver three that most people would play as a one or a two. You know? Oh yeah. Just yeah. Don't don't buy into the runs because they happen and most of the time everybody's just being reactive and clicking. They're just like, Oh my god, I need something, click, click. <laughs> you know, they don't even know what they're doing. They're just you know, just my basic anxiety or nervousness. Or well, and, you know, like I, I, I have a, a league that I'm in every year, and every year I, I feel like the run on the top quarterbacks goes a little too early than it should. And whether or not I grab a quarterback in that run really depends on my spot in the draft. You know, the, 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 the league is, is starting its run on, on top-tier quarterbacks, but if I'm like the last one you know if it starts uh after my last pick and i'm not going to get to pick again uh until you know you know the the middling uh quarterbacks are left then i'm gonna go ahead and wait and get a quarterback in the seventh round you know uh so where where i should have gotten them anyways and, and might as well just go after the the most talented or the most valuable fantasy players available rather than pick up my QB one because everybody else is. And then, you know, this year quarterback isn't going to be what carries my team. Now, if somebody starts the run on top tier quarterbacks, 
you know, two picks ahead of my next pick, then I'm going to get somebody like, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, sorry, not Travis Kelsey, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes or, or whoever's going third overall with quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, that, that's my strategy when it comes to drafting is, is where do I fall behind the begin on a run on a position that I think is being drafted early? Because if I have a, you know, if, if I'm, if somebody drafts Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and I'm next, then maybe I do grab Mark Andrews even though I wasn't planning on getting a tight end that round. Uh, but if those three guys are already gone, I'm probably not going to participate in the run on, on tight ends. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I think that's a good strategy for it. Just like I know my worth, I know the worth of these guys, you know? Yeah. Um, I, if I don't get them, then realistically the value at the position is going to be pretty much across the board mid <laughs> after afterwards you know so if i get mike Gusecki, uh darren waller i i don't know i'm trying to throw out names that even be like after those four guys because realistically like tight end dude if you don't get one of those four guys just wait no, that's why? what i mean like like that, that's, <laughs> wait, that's why i went to the tight they're end not going to be valuable for my example is there's there's yeah. never there's never 10 really good fantasy tight ends that's just that's never been the landscape no, um there's like three or four at the most yeah. ever. And so, and that's what that's, I mean. After those three or four, there's a really big drop off in fantasy value, yeah. big drop off. Yeah. So, just so don't late, get sucked in to filling that spot on your roster just because you see in the really good ones go. Uh, if, if the, the, if the run on tight end starts and one of these guys don't fall into your lap because you were next up, then just let somebody else draft Darren Waller way too high you focus on the rest of your roster. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point. It's good good advice. We'll be back with more advice next <laughs> week, but it'll be picking games and stuff and fantasy football players because That's right. we'll be coming at you with the over unders and the and the, and the the spreads. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, all the all the spreads. Uh, we're gonna spread them all. So, um, till next time. I'll be back next week, football in general, on Instagram. The two guys talking, we're on Instagram, we're on like a lot of the major media things. And sometimes if you show, if you go some random place in your hometown with a, a sandwich, we might show up there too. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> be back next week, same time, talking about this. This episode will drop tomorrow morning, um, which tonight is Thursday, so you'll be hearing this when it drops. <laughs> I don't know why I had to mention that, but... Nonetheless, the schedule will be Thursday moving forward, folks. Hopefully, maybe there'll be some days thrown in there. We'll see how it works. Um, afterwards, we'll just play it by ear, right? You know? So, um, please give it a like, a subscribe, a review. The season's heading in. We need more subscribers. We need more people listening to this podcast. There's no more cookouts. However, Labor Day weekend's coming up. That is a perfect time to put on football in general. Get the get the family <laughs> huddled around the, uh, you know, the... The eating area, sitting down, having some burgers. Last day of the summer, say, wow, it's a little too quiet here. I know it would be better than ACDC <laughs> football in general. <laughs> so, um, you know, why not pop on the two best guys doing this in the game um, instead of listening to game day morning and all that BS that's on, you know, NFL Network and the guys that all they do is laugh and talk too much. We talk a lot too, but we get right down to business. So, 
Anyway, till next time, we're out.